0: Welcome to the Bosville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word, presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we are continuing a series entitled Imprisoned Yet Free. We're going to be in the book of Philippians. If you could join me there this morning. We're going to just make sure that we understand just a little bit about Philippians before we jump into it again. Um, A man whose name was Paul, who was previously called Saul, uh, not the King Saul that you read about in the Old Testament, this is Saul of Tarsus from the New Testament, and we read about him in the book of Acts. And he wasn't very nice. In fact, he persecuted Christians and approved of the killing of Christians for many, many years, and he was a Pharisee. He calls himself this himself. He was a Pharisee and knew the Jewish law very well. He actually used it against people and did not like Christians, but God transformed his life in Acts chapter 9. God stopped him on the road gave him a new perspective, called him into the service of the ministry. He was a missionary for the gospel of Jesus Christ, who wrote many books of the New Testament of the Bible. Many of his biblical writings are Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians, Philippians, which were in now the book of Colossians, and many others in the New Testament. At a few points in Paul's ministry, He was in prison for his faith, and during this time in prison, he actually wrote a few books that we read in the Bible, one of those being the book of Philippians, which we're in today. As we read this book, I just want us to get a glimpse and understand this portion of life for Paul. He's in prison as he's writing this. He's bound in chains as he's writing this, sitting in an awful prison cell awaiting his possible death. He's in prison because he was seen as a nuisance for the faith, and he was seen as, as a, a bother to people, but he had faith in Jesus, and he was thrown into prison for it, and he didn't know if he was going to be killed or not because a lot of the trend was that Christians thrown into jail would be killed. So, understand this. Be mindful. This is a preface for what he was going through. Imagine him sitting in prison chains in a prison. So, Philippians chapter 3, if you're following along in the, uh, the version Bible app, you can click on the tab that says more, then click on events and search our church's name. You'll be able to follow along in those notes. Otherwise, if you're using these Bibles that are directly in front of you, you'll be on page 1165. Let's take a look at it right from the book of Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start right in verse 1 this morning. It says this. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the dogs who. Uh, look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join me in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. The book of Philippians chapter 3. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that we can read it and we can understand it because of your Holy Spirit. Dear God, I pray that we would hear the message you have for us today and nothing else. Pray, Lord, that you would guide my words as I speak. As I speak your word, I believe you have for our church today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, verse 1 there, we're going to kick it off. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. As we remember, Paul is in chains for the gospel. And the first thing he says here is, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. All right? What a perspective to have. All throughout this letter that he writes to uh, to the uh, people of the Philippians, he has this attitude of rejoicing. It's laced in everything he says and everything he does. He has joy even though he's not in a joyful situation. He has a perspective that is different than most that are in that situation. And some would say, well, how can you have joy while being in prison? Or how can you have joy while being in a situation in life that's similar to prison? It's because of the perspective that Paul has on his life and his situations. He recognizes he recognizes that prison is only temporary that the situation that's difficult in your life is only temporary and even if he dies in prison he recognizes that life is only temporary life is only temporary there is something much greater than this life that is coming and that is eternity in heaven for those who believe in jesus christ that's the hope that we have as Christians. Now, I'm not sure what situation you walked into church with today, but I want you to know that there is hope on the other side. There was a song I wrote a while back. I can't remember what period of my life I wrote it, but it was a song that said, um, it was a song that I entitled, The Other Side of the Miracle. The Other Side of the Miracle. It was just this song that basically just says, I forget what I was going through in my life, but it basically said, Lord, get me to the other side of the miracle. Because I know that the miracle is coming. It's not, Lord, I just pray that this miracle would happen. It was, Lord, get me to the other side of this miracle. I need your strength. I need perseverance that only comes from you, God. I need your help to get to the other side of the miracle. You can find hope through Jesus even if the world around you is falling apart. Be encouraged today. God is with you, guiding you through every battle that you face, and you can have an attitude of rejoicing even when things aren't looking good for you. As many of you know, I've begun my master's degree in pastoral care and counseling. I've been gaining some pretty good nuggets of truth uh, from those studies, uh, but unfortunately, uh, I sometimes use those nuggets of truth in the wrong moments. Point I want to make here is uh, especially as it has to do uh, with my wife Hannah. Sometimes I'll bring some of these uh, nuggets of truth out at bad times. Um, so there's times that she'll get upset over probably something I do, and and I'll say, "Okay, now listen." And I probably got this from something along the lines of my my uh, master's degree training. But it says I say, "Listen, you can choose your attitude, Hannah. All right, listen. The decisions that I make do not." control your attitude. You do. Okay? And right now, it looks to me like you're choosing the wrong attitude, and you seem pretty upset. So, just change your perspective. It's not my fault you're mad. Okay? Oh, man. Now, listen closely, husbands. That didn't go over well, nor will it ever. And it probably won't go well in your household either, and let me tell you why. First of all, that does not diffuse the situation ever, and that does not calm her down, nor probably any woman. Uh, But I will say this, women have a tendency sometimes to store what you say in their brain and bring it up at inopportune moments like such. Case in point, a few weeks back, I was frustrated that's about something, I think, that our, that Nehemiah, our two-year-old, did. I can't exactly remember what it was, but maybe it was because Nehemiah was pushing the dispenser on the soap 20 times when he was getting soap for washing his hands, or whether it was him taking all of Josiah's uh, bottles, Our Josiah's our two-month-old, uh, he, take, he takes all of his bottles and he'll set them all out on his play table, just in a perfect line. He'll take all of the tops and set them all, it's just like... Why do you do that? Well, whatever it was, or, or it was the fact that maybe Hannah wasn't putting the dishes in the dishwasher the right way like I do it. I don't really know. But either way, I was frustrated about whatever it was, and something was really bothering me, and I voiced my opinion. I told Hannah how frustrated I was because of whatever happened, and Hannah pipes up with, now, Dustin, listen, you're choosing the wrong attitude right now. <laughs> Man. You're choosing the wrong perspective, Dustin, and you should really change it because it's your fault, not mine. Oh, man. And you know, in that moment, I quickly respond, I I realized what she did, and I quickly responded with, you know what? You're so right. I am completely ridiculous right now. I am so wrong. I'm going to change my attitude because clearly I am in the wrong. And then, both, of course, we both started laughing because, you know, I'm being ridiculous. But, and everything was good. Those funny times diffuse situations. I'll say this. Hannah is the most amazing woman on the planet. And to parent with her is just so awesome. Uh, we don't agree on everything. She talked to you about that a little last week when she had a portion of the message. We don't agree on everything as it has to do with parenting. Uh, but one thing is for sure we're able to come in unity together and, uh, and support each other as parents. And I'll tell you, we sure do love our boys. Uh, it is just an honor to raise these boys with Hannah in this world. Uh, but we can have the perspective of rejoicing, no matter what situation comes our way, no matter what happens, because we can have an attitude of rejoicing because we have the hope of heaven one day. We find that so true from the book of Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to take our second portion of Scripture, Philippians 3, verses 2 through 3, it says, Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision for, uh, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Uh, point number two is uh, look out for the dogs. Oh, good, Hannah's back. I don't have to talk about her anymore. I'm kidding. <laughs> she knew I was making that illustration this morning. Um. I forgot point number one to put that up there, my apologies. Uh, point number one is rejoice in the Lord. There's a, a blank there and if you're using the U version app, there is a blank. Rejoice in the Lord. Okay, now point number two, look out for the dogs. Okay, Paul talks about looking out for the dogs or the evildoers. Okay, the Greek word for dogs here in this scripture is the word kuon, which actually sounds like coon, kind of like a dog, coon. Which so this word. Kun literally means dog or hound, and it can be used either literally or figuratively. Okay, so in this instance, Paul is using this figuratively, and he's talking about the Pharisees, specifically, who would insist that you had to be circumcised in order to be a Christian. Okay, we understand that circumcision is the cutting off of the foreskin of a man, which we typically see happen on the eighth day after the birth of a newborn boy. And the reason they did this is because it goes back to the covenant that God had with Abraham. This comes from Genesis chapter 17. If, and you can look this up in your own time. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 12 through 14, if you're taking notes, it's not on the screen. Sorry about that. Genesis chapter 17, verses 12 through 14, God commanded that all male babies would be circumcised on the eighth day, and any male who remained uncircumcised would be cut off from his people, meaning that they have broken the covenant with God if they were not circumcised. Now, the problem for these Jewish people in the book of Philippians was that there were Gentile people who were not circumcised who were becoming Christians, and the Jews had a problem with this because they were not circumcised. However, Paul is saying here that there should be no confidence in the flesh meaning that whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, you have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said himself in Matthew 5 that he did not come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. So circumcision was and is no longer a a requirement in order to have relationship with God, and the Jews were having a difficult time understanding this. Now, circumcision isn't as much debatable nowadays, but there are some things that some Christians do use nowadays to throw Christians under the bus and make them abide by their interpretation of the Bible. We must be careful that we are not using the Bible to throw at people and make them feel guilty for how they live their life. The book of Hebrews already says that the Bible is sharper than any double-edged sword, so let the Holy Spirit do the work. Don't take it upon yourself to do the work. The Bible is sharper than any double-edged sword, able to break between bone and marrow. Scripture talks about that. Don't let your words be the words that cut into somebody else's life. Allow the, the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to convict other people's hearts in order to help them on the straight and narrow. Allow God to do this and listen closely to what God says because sometimes God might actually have you speak a word to somebody because sometimes they might have the wrong perspective. Pray for them if you feel like they're doing wrong, but maybe God is actually lovingly asking you to approach somebody who is in the wrong and is in sin. Do what God has asked you to do, but let it be laced in love. Do what God has asked you to do, but let it be laced in love. uh, Paul calls people to throw the Bible. I'm sorry. Call, get this straight, Dustin. Paul calls people who throw the Bible at people. He calls them dogs, and he calls them mutilators of the flesh. And surely, I don't want to be one of those people. And I would encourage you not to be one of those people either. You know, I really like what Paul says here. I really like Paul for a lot of reasons. I wonder sometimes if I would actually get along with Paul. I really don't know. Um, he's very, very strong in what he does. Um, I know for sure I probably wouldn't be a big fan of Peter in the Bible. He's very uh, confrontational. He's very just a matter of fact and sometimes kind of acts flippantly, it kind of seems. But anyway, Paul, he says here, uh, he, first of all, he says to watch out for those who say you have to be circumcised. He calls them dogs. Then next... Verses 4 through 7, it says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, Paul was, he says he's of the people of Israel, he's of the tribe of Benjamin, he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, he is technically a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But he says, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Point number three, Paul's Jewish background. Okay, Paul's Jewish background. Paul is saying that as far as being qualified from a Jewish perspective, if he's going to try and meet all of these characteristics that the Jews are putting together and these Pharisees are putting together and saying, you've got to meet all of these, Paul is saying that he is much more qualified than most of the Jews or the Pharisees that are throwing these things at other people. He's of the people of Israel. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. Looking at this, being of the tribe of Benjamin was amazing because Benjamin in the Old Testament was the only son of Jacob to be born in the promised land. And additionally, the tribe of Benjamin was situated in Jerusalem as well. Amongst that and all of these things, Paul hit all of the key elements of being a true Jew, of being a true Pharisee, but he had a relationship with Jesus that was more important than all of that. And when he brought this up, he said anything that pointed to the truth of him being a Jew, he said he, called, he counted that all as loss. Why? Because again, it didn't have to do with the fact that he had a bunch of check marks with the Jews. That didn't make his relationship with Jesus. He checked all their boxes for being worthy of being called a Christian. But those things don't matter. And in today's day and age, I'm going to tell you that just because you come to church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian. Is it good? Well, of course it is. But it isn't what saves you. Just because you help in the local food pantry, or because you helped that old lady across the street, or because you helped your neighbor with their roof last week, just because you told 50 people about Jesus this week doesn't make you a Christian more than anyone else. All those things are good But the point Paul is trying to make here is that you can't do enough good to be saved. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. Not what you can do good enough for God. Not about how little sin you can commit. It's about relationship. Let's get this clear today. Your works in life are important and they are helpful And they do honor God, but if that's what you're basing your relationship with God off of, we need to shift our thinking and focus on our relationship because we need to focus more on our relationship with Jesus and growing more in Him because it's not about the good things we do, it's about the relationship that we have with Jesus. Let's move on. Philippians 3, 14 and Verses 20 through 21, Philippians three fourteen, and then skipping ahead to 20 and 21, it says this, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Skipping ahead to verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Wow, what a word. Point number four, citizenship in heaven. Citizenship in heaven. Paul talks about pressing on toward the goal of heaven in these verses. And this is so key for our understanding. Sometimes we get so focused on earth and we aren't even spending eternity here. Have you ever been there where we're so distracted with a thing or something on this earth and we're not even going to take it with us? Really funny picture I saw is a hearse that was pulling a U-Haul, okay? It's a ridiculous photo because you don't get to take your U-Haul with you when you die. You don't get to take it and put it in the, you know, it doesn't go with you to heaven. We get so focused on earth. Like last week, someone was selling a riding lawnmower that I just needed to have. I needed it for whatever reason I needed it. It was a ridiculously low price. And I just said, I, I had to have it. It was so low, I couldn't say no. And there was nothing wrong with it. At least that's what they said. You know, you got to be careful you know, with online buys. But regardless, it looked to be so good. And I checked into the lawnmower, great working condition. It just needed one small part to replace. It was only going to cost about $30. It should have been selling for top dollar, but this guy marked it down probably because he just wanted to get rid of it, didn't care about money, was obviously rich, whatever. It was a price I couldn't pass up. Now, I don't need a riding lawnmower. I don't need one. I have a small lot to mow. I do it with a push mower, and it takes 45 minutes. It's not that, and really should take a little less time, but whatever. I I don't need a riding lawnmower, but for that price, I couldn't say no. So I inquired about it. The man told me I was third in line to get it, and if the other people didn't show up, he would let me know, well, about a day later... He told me that it had sold, and I told Hannah how frustrated I was that it had sold, and her response was probably, now listen, Dustin, now listen, you can change your perspective. (laughs) Oh, man, telling you. Sometimes she'll respond with, well, it looks like God wasn't in it, and I'm like, no, listen, God was in it, but I wasn't quick enough. That's what it was. God was in it. I know it. But I wasn't quick enough. Oh, maybe that's a little bit unspiritual. But I sometimes will get caught up in this worldly perspective sometimes. When, the, when sometimes, it's, we got to understand that little, those little things just don't matter. Those little things just don't matter. As Christians, our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's as if we've got a passport and we'll be marking earth on our passport. But church, we've got to get this. That as we have relationship with Jesus, we are on our way home. To heaven. And I'm looking forward to that day because there's a lot of people in heaven that I want to see. Does anyone have that thought process as well? There's a lot of people in heaven that I want to see. I think of seeing my grandma Jeannie, a sweet woman who went on to be with the Lord about 10 years ago this last January. I want to see a bunch of my great-grandparents and so many relatives that went on to be with the Lord. But even greater church, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus face-to-face Because he's the one who died for me. He's the one who sacrificed it all for me. And I simply want to look him straight in the eye. And I probably won't be able to look him straight in the eye for long before I fall down on my knees and I worship him face to face in heaven. He has done so much for me. I want to thank him for the miracles he's performed in my life. I want to thank him for a man named Lloyd. Not Lloyd here at our church. Sorry, Lloyd. Uh, I want to thank him for a man named Lloyd. Lloyd who was a friend to my great-grandfather back in 1950. In 1950, a man named Lloyd came up to my great-grandfather and great-grandmother who weren't serving the Lord, and Lloyd said, hey, I want you to come with me to an Oral Roberts crusade. He's like, who's Oral Roberts? I don't know, know, what's this all about? He said, listen, I want you to come with me to an Oral Roberts crusade. And my great-grandpa said, no, he was a hard man. He said, "I, I don't want any of that. And he's like, Lloyd says, Henry, just come, just come once and I won't ever bother you again. Just come. It was that day that my great-grandfather and great-grandmother went with Lloyd and his wife to an Oral Roberts crusade at St. Paul, Minneapolis, Fair, St. Paul, Minnesota fairgrounds, and he was saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, he and my great-grandmother both. And on that day, their lives were changed forever because after that, they attended uh, an Assembly of God church in Marshall, Minnesota, where they attended all their lives, brought their kid to every time the doors were open, And my grandfather and his eight siblings, eight, nine kids they had, Lord help them, nine kids, brought all nine kids to church, and all of them to this day are serving the Lord faithfully. One has gone on to be with the Lord, all of them are serving God faithfully, and that example from my great-grandfather down all the way to me, and I pray to God for our boys as well, that they would have relationship with Jesus, and that's just one family line. There's four, you know, there's... There's others too from my mom's side everything. It's just amazing the miracles that God has done. But I want to thank Jesus for that. I want to meet Lloyd. I want to meet Lloyd in heaven. I want to thank him for inviting my great-grandfather because God, what he did in that moment, he transformed a heritage in that moment. This is not our home here on earth. And maybe you've been viewing your life more from an earthly perspective simply because it's difficult to view heaven as your eternal home sometimes. And I, I get that. I get that. Sometimes it's a riding lawnmower. Sometimes it's not something that's stupid. Sometimes it's something that's very difficult in your life that you're trying to process through. Maybe you've focused on so many situations on earth that have been so distracting from the hope of heaven, or maybe even distracting you from the things that are most important in your life, like your family or your relationship with God itself. But I want to give you the opportunity to Come forward and have time to pray about this today as we spend the last few moments in a time of worship. Deacons and spouses, if you could come forward today as we close. Uh, You are welcome to pray with any of the deacons or myself as we spend time worshiping at the altar today. Uh, But I want you to understand that you can go before God and ask Him to give you a heavenly perspective. To give you the heavenly perspective that you need as you go throughout your life. It is so easy to get distracted with things on earth, but God wants our eyes to be on heaven. God wants our eyes to be recognizing that our citizenship is in heaven. It's not on earth. We have a responsibility. We have an opportunity to show the Lord that we want to be faithful to him. And maybe you aren't a Christian today, but maybe you want to be, you want to have the hope of heaven, of going to heaven one day. I'd like to pray with you this morning to give you that opportunity to spend Your eternity with Jesus. As we close today, would everyone stand? We're gonna take these last few moments and just have a time of worship and prayer this morning. Jesus died so you could have life and have it more abundantly. You don't have to live your life of sin any longer. If you do feel like you're living a life of sin, maybe you maybe you feel like you aren't all that bad of a person. And you think, well, I haven't really sinned. Well, the book of Romans chapter 3 says that all of us have sinned. So if you're feeling like you haven't, you have. So don't go off that basis for not coming forward this morning. Recognize that each of us have made mistakes and none of us are perfect. But recognize that each of us has that opportunity to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus has set you free. Jesus has set you free and I'd love to guide you through what it looks like to give your heart to Christ and give you the next steps in your relationship with him so if that's you, I'm going to be over here today if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Um, also if you want to come forward because you just need a heavenly perspective for a current life situation that you're going through come forward, pray with one of our deacons and spouses today come forward rather than being focused on earthly things be focused on heavenly things as we continue on in this life. Let's take these next few moments and spend time in worship and prayer. Lord Jesus, give give us this morning that heavenly perspective. God, some of the things that some of us have come in today with are so painful. Some of the things that we've walked into church with today are so detrimental to our life. And it's difficult sometimes to know how we can carry on another day. Jesus, give us hope. Give us hope that heaven is our eternal home as we have faith in you, as we have a relationship with Jesus. Earth is not our home. It is a passing place. We're checking it off on our passport. We're doing everything we can on this earth to be faithful to you. But Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We pray in Jesus' name that we would have a heavenly perspective to get our eyes off of being focused so much on our own current reality that we can set our eyes on heaven. As the book of Colossians chapter 3 says, that we would set our minds on things above, not on things below, not on things on earth. We set our minds on Christ. Transform our minds. Transform our minds. Jesus, give us that hope that we need. It only comes from you. We pray this in Jesus' name. God, I pray you empower each of us by your Holy Spirit to go out and be disciple-makers As we leave church today, help us to be obedient when you ask us to speak to somebody or ask us to do something and help us to be the church. The church isn't the building. The church is the people. Help us to be faithful in being the church as we go today. We pray this in Jesus mighty name. And the church said a resounding amen. God bless you today. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at bysvilleag. Have a wonderful week.